This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show, our Friday edition. Off a late last night uh, NFL draft where me, Jack, Keith, well, we had a lot of guests on uh, that stayed with us for a while. A lot of views, a lot of comments. Thanks for being there with us. And, of course, a lot of people still sleeping this morning, Jack. We're, we're the lucky ones. We're up early. So how you doing, Jack? Yeah, good, good. Uh, exciting night last night like the NFL draft normally is. And a lot of other sports took place, you know, a we couple sure later on. We well. sure did, and we'll, we'll definitely cover them. So uh, three quarterbacks taking the, four, the first four picks, Jack. Bryce Young, as everybody thought, going to Carolina. Um, C.J. Stroud uh, going to Houston. And, uh, you know, we had uh, d- 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 uh, our Anthony Richardson. Thank you. Indianapolis. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, um, there was absolutely no surprise at all that three quarterbacks went in the first four rounds. Right. But the big surprise and the big talk of the NFL draft, perhaps, has been the player that wasn't selected. Yes. Wasn't selected at all in the first round. Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky. A lot of people had him going as high as number four to the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they had it a toss-up between him and Anthony Richardson. Who were the Colts going to take? The Colts wound up taking Anthony Richardson. Will Levis kept sliding, sliding, sliding all the way out of the first round. But, Mac, my theory is this. Uh, Teams, for the most part, have their franchise quarterback. After the initial wave of those three quarterbacks were picked, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, you look at every team's roster, and for the most part, they don't need a quarterback. For the most part, okay? And that's why Anthony Richardson slid. Even the few teams you might think, Mac, might be quarterback needy. They've already committed to another young quarterback to be their starter. And it's hard to back up. Like the Falcons have committed to Desmond Ritter, second year starter, that it's his job. So they can't really draft another young quarterback. Uh, Washington, Howell, they've committed to him to be their quarterback this year. So it's hard to draft a Will Levis. A team like the Vikings, they have a Kirk Cousins there, even though they might in a way be looking to move on from him. It's not quite yet. They still feel they're ready to make a Super Bowl run. But I think once a a blue chip quarterback, a, a reportedly blue chip quarterback falls to the second or third round, a team can then draft him in a way because it sends a message to their incumbent quarterback. Look, we didn't take him in the first round. We didn't push him. He's available now. He's the best available. So now we're grabbing him. Unlike a situation where you move up and take a quarterback, like what the Packers did with Jordan Love years ago, they moved up in the first round to take a quarterback. That's a bad message to your incumbent. That sends a bad vibe. Had the Packers just taken Jordan Love in the second round outright, 
and not moved up to draft him. Aaron Rodgers' perception at the time of the Packers may have been much different. I agree with that. And Riddick was on um, the former GM. Uh, Louis Riddick. Riddick. Yeah, he was on. He was he was talking about why he thinks Levitt dropped so far, and he was saying that he takes way too many hits. He got injured uh, last year. Um, you know his uh, his his throwing completion rate isn't one is one of the worst in the in in college. So that could be the cause of why Levitt's dropped so far uh, into the second round. Uh, you know something that we didn't know about and and. I guess the uh, at the time the experts didn't know about because they definitely had him at number four. Well, yeah, he's playing for Kentucky too, not right. exactly an elite college program, and they may have taken that into consideration. You know, sometimes we gotta trust these evaluators. You know, they sometimes miss on a big time quarterback, but when they miss on a big time quarterback, it's normally not a quarterback that's every on everyone's focus the way a Will Levis is. Uh, it would be someone not rated so highly. There are batch of quarterbacks who still haven't been taken in this sure. draft that no one's talking about. And I bet at least one of them is going to turn out to be elite. No idea who it's going to be. It could be eight quarterbacks left. But what are you going to do? Take a guess on one of the eight that they're going to be elite and waste a high draft pick. You don't do it. So you wait till later on. You maybe get them in the fourth round or something. You take a chance and maybe, you know, you hit gold with that. But with Will Levis, it was just a question the program he's from. The, the teams have done their due diligence on him. It's kind of like with Malik Willis last year. We kept looking at Malik Willis like he was going to be taken in the first round. He wasn't. He lasted till the third round. And you want to know something? Mm -hmm. the, the teams were justified because he didn't, hasn't turned out to be that good. And if Tennessee had a chance to do it all over again, they wouldn't have even drafted him in the third round. That's and maybe Will Levis is this year's Malik Willis. Not that Malik Willis might not eventually turn out to be a decent quarterback, but sometimes it takes time, you know, and, and, and but you can't with that first round pick. I mean, it's especially the teams that were going high because there's a history of quarterbacks being taken way too high who haven't worked out. That's very true. And, you know, I felt I felt really bad for the kid. I mean, he's out there. He's sitting on the couch uh, with his family, um, miserable. The agent, uh, I don't know what the agent was telling him, uh, but it sure wasn't helping. Uh, he tried to put on a happy face, but you just knew he was miserable. And, Jack, I'm surprised they didn't go into the back room and just, why stay out there? I mean, you know, uh, you're, just, you're, you're, just, you're just out there and people are going to make fun of you. And, and I, no, I, no was, I don't think anyone's making fun of him. He tried to put on a happy face and the people around him. But it must have been eating him up. We've seen this type of thing happen before. Uh, Brady Quinn was supposed to go with the year with Jamarcus Russell, one, one or two. Right. And it was taking forever to pick him. They eventually took him to the back room over there. Right. And you don't want to be in the back room when you're getting picked. You still think you might get picked. What do you want to do, duck in the back room and, and hide? I mean, it says something about your character to be out there waiting the whole time, but it must have really been eating them up. Listen, imagine they had 
the same type of draft atmosphere when Dan Marino was drafted. At that time, players would get a call at home. Right. You know, a lot of them. Uh, you know, I like to say the story, the 1986 draft. I saw the first round from a hotel balcony. I just showed up. Yeah. Now, let's see. That's how informal it was at the time. But Will Levis had, Mac, a less than 1% chance of falling out of the first round statistically. Right. So can you can't blame his agent. Come on, Mac. If your client has a less than 1% chance of falling out of the first round, you tell him to chill out, hang out. You're going to get picked. You see, this is the analytics, I mean, are overwhelming in your favor. But the way it worked out, it, it just didn't, didn't happen. Like, like I said, you look at every team. Every team there is committed to a quarterback. Even the teams you think need a quarterback. You'd say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, they definitely could use Will Levis. And I'm not going to argue that, but they committed to Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask this year. And you don't take a Will Levis in the first round unless you feel he's definitely going to play, be a starting quarterback. It sends a very bad message to the other two that you're not going to move forward with them beyond this year. And the Buccaneers might very well want to move forward with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. It means they haven't given up on them, yeah. per se. Yeah. But someone, Will Levis is obviously, Mac, going to get drafted. It's just a no. question of where, when, probably today, probably fairly early. And I kind of like to eye the LA Rams because Matthew Stafford, his injury history, we don't know how much longer he's going to last. It's an ideal landing spot, you know, for Will Levis. Uh, uh, he couldn't get too much a better spot than being with the L.A. Rams and get, getting an opportunity there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Bryce Young, of course, goes number one to Carolina, like everybody thought. You know, to me, he's a, he's a great he's a great athlete, Jack. Uh, he's too small to be a quarterback, in my opinion, too thin. I think he's going to get hurt. Um, but, it, uh, you know, they they seem to think that he's the answer there in Carolina, Jack. I'm going to throw this at you, Mac. He was an elite college quarterback, obviously, to be taken number one overall. Don't you think there were big, you know, defensive linemen, big linebackers, who are falling on him, tackling him in college. He's not playing football for the first time. He got the hits in college. Okay, uh, in, a number of guys hitting him were highly drafted here, you know, opposing players. And he did get I, hurt. You know, he did and get he did hurt. Get Everyone gets hurt now and then. It, it, it's a fear, but you're gonna but the rules protect the quarterback in the NFL a lot more so than they did years ago, a lot more so. If this were years ago, it would be more of a concern. You, you know, I like to tell people, use Joe Namath as an example. Joe Namath had issues with his knee, get, getting injured at Alabama when he went to school there. So when he entered the NFL, you know, he entered with a really bum knee. So if Joe Namath was coming out of the draft, he may have been this year's Will Levis. Teams wouldn't have wanted to take a chance on him because of the medicals with the knee, with the this and that. 
And Joe Namath played a lot of years in the NFL. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot it's of years. So, so I don't think you can be too scared. You have to take a chance. Uh, sometimes a draft pick is going to turn out to be an, a, a bust. Like Zach Wilson, probably the way it looks now, isn't going to work out for the Jets to be number two overall in the draft. But, you, you know, you take a chance. You know, on a play, and if it works out, it works out. But if you get all timid, and Bryce Young wasn't taken by Carolina, I mean, they could have deferred to C.J. Stroud then, of course. Okay, but Bryce Young has the ability to be dynamic. No, I, I, I don't know, Jack. I still think he's he's too small and too uh, and too thin for the uh, uh, too light for the NFL. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, I just saw something this morning on Namath, Jack. I didn't know he was also drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals uh, yes, in the NFL. Yes. I'm surprised he didn't take that. I mean, uh, there was kind of like you talk about a, a form of free agency because the Jets were in the AFL, the Cardinals were the NFL, the Cardinals were the established team. The Jets overwhelmed them. They gave them a package. It sounds like peanuts today, like something like $427,000. Namath wanted a shiny new car. The Cardinals offered him to do a little public relations work, I think, for Anheuser-Busch or something, you know? And the offer was solid that the Cardinals were giving a a decent offer by NFL standards, but not, but nothing like a free agent thing. Like I like to, I, I never cease to like to tease you about the Aaron judge situation. They Cardinals gave a fair offer, but one he wasn't going to take compared to what the jets were going to offer. The jets kind of blew him away. They had Sonny Werblin, the jets, a wheeler and a dealer, you know, who was in the entertainment business. He looked at Namath as more than an, a quarterback. He looked at Namath as a big time commodity and entertainer, a star, a star for New York City who was made for New York. Yeah. And he kind of sold that on Namath. If push came to shove, if the Cardinals wanted Namath bad enough and they really broke the bank, they could have probably gotten Namath because they were a little more established, you know, but the Cardinals were willing. They wanted to stay within the structure, the way the NFL did things. Had they been more like the Cleveland Brown owner Hazlitt when he went out of the box and gave Deshaun Watson the money, they could have had Namath. How would the face of football have turned out, Mac? Had Namath gone to the St. Louis Cardinals? The Jets don't win a Super Bowl in all probability. Maybe the Jets never would have gone to Super Bowl. They've only been to one. And the Cardinals, uh, they probably wouldn't have gone to a Super Bowl. Namath would have been a very good quarterback for them. He wouldn't have turned out to be the star that he was. It's like, wow, sometimes things hinge on a decision a certain way. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, even you take a quarterback whose name is associated with being a draft bust in it. That's a mean term to say, and I don't mean it to be derogatory. I'm just reporting Ryan Leaf. Imagine Ryan Leaf went to an organization that had a powerful structure, a coach with a tough personality who they had to listen to, like a Mike Tomlin, for example. 
Could he have turned out to be a different quarterback? Would he, could he have developed a little better? I'm thinking with certain other, you know, coaches, with an Andy Reid, for example. Because, yes. you know, you don't mess around with guys like that. You don't go out of the box. They contain you. They, they have a way maybe of bringing out, you know, the best of your abilities. Sure, sure. So Houston uh, goes second. Some people thought he'd go defense. I I, I felt uh, really good about C.J. Stroud here. And not only did they get C.J. Stroud, but they trade back up and get the, a, a very good linebacker. Um, you know, uh, I think yeah, it's Anderson. Yeah, yeah, I think at Will Anderson, they gave up a lot to get him. But uh, DeMarco Ryan, he's a defensive guy coming over from the 49ers, their defensive coordinator. It's kind of like a new era in Houston. They have a really good, young, dynamic coach over there. They have their franchise quarterback, Will Anderson, who's going to be an outstanding uh, player. He's going to give their defense a lot of attitude. The Texans suddenly went from the, you know, being on the outside to being one of the good young teams in the NFL to look forward to. It doesn't mean they're going to win next year. But they laid the blueprint for the future. They really laid the blueprint for the future. And they're going to add pieces, obviously, as they go along. And uh, Houston, I think they're trending in the direction that the Jacksonville Jaguars were. Really bad a year ago. Last year, they actually even won their division, made the playoffs, even though they only had an 8-9 and nine record. But the idea they improved a lot. And I think Houston is on that track. I really do. I mean, they might be just a year away from being a playoff team now. I think you're right. Um, so Richardson goes to the Colts. I know you're a little worried about this pick, Jack. I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to start right away. He can run like the wind. He's got a big arm. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think that uh, he's going to be the best quarterback out there. But I think he's going to be solid, Jack. I'm going to tell you, they got a guy like we, I joked with you about Gardner Minshew. You were telling me, oh, he should be in starting quarterback in this, that. No, he's not a franchise quarterback by a long shot, Gardner Minshew. And you don't move forward figuring, oh, we have a quarterback of the future in Gardner Minshew. But he's competent. He can hold the fourth down for a while, Okay. So, you know, they're not in a desperate position, the Colts. I think Minshew is going to be a very pleasant surprise with how well he might play for the Colts. But with that said, you know, the Colts, when are they going to get to draft that high again? You know, number four overall. They're too good a team, I think, next year to be in, have a number four selection. So once you're that high in the draft, and if there's someone you like, you know, you take them. You don't look, oh, we got Gardner Minshew. We don't need a quarterback. That would be a silly attitude to take, even though I think Minshew can play well next year. But Anthony Richardson, that is a gamble with a number four overall pick with all the other players on the board. It really is a gamble. And, you know, I said with Anthony Richardson something a little controversial yesterday. And I kind of want to clarify it. I said, you know, the guy is so incredibly athletic. They could have him play wide receiver. Now, 
I'm aware a lot of years ago, there was first class discrimination, first class racism against black quarterbacks, dis oh, completely disgusting. They wouldn't get a chance to be quarterbacks in the NFL. They would be made wide receivers. It was flat out racism, disgusting, okay? Uh, but Anthony Richardson, what are people gonna say if the Colts eventually turn him into a wide receiver? I don't want to hear all oh, racism. They didn't want. They don't want a black quarterback. Anthony Richardson, I don't think is that good. Mm. And you know, you want to get some value out of him. You know, whatever positions he can play, uh, eventually you play him. They drafted him as a quarterback. They're going to go all out to develop him as a quarterback. Okay, don't get me wrong. But what happens if they see? They have hypothetically, hypothetically, another Zach Wilson on their hands. Imagine if Zach Wilson could could be an elite wide receiver. He had that talent. The Jets would move him around a little bit. You know, Jack, I, I, I think that when you draft somebody that high as your quarterback, he's going to be your quarterback. You're not going to move him around. He'll demand to be traded. Not in the beginning. No, Just ultimately. Well, ultimately. Even, ultimately, even ultimately, that would be like moving Lamar Jackson to running back, Jack. You know, that's not going to happen. You're not going to you're not going to be picked that high and and end up not being a quarterback. And I don't care how long down the road you go. He will demand to be traded. And they and will. Man, who, who would want him? They who the will, heck would want teams, Anthony Richardson at that point? He's going to demand to be teams. traded? No a one's going to play a quarterback late on if he's a with the coach. A lot of teams would want. Anthony Richard is that he's still gonna have to play quarterback. No way. Once they see him play with the Colts, sure they would. No one would want him quarterback. There was no doubt. Just that's like saying that nobody would want Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback. Lamar Jackson's a different class. Are you out of your mind to compare to Lamar Jackson? I think he's a young Lamar Jackson, Jack. Oh, then he'll quarterback the Colts if he's that. Good. He he's going to be the Colts franchise. In fact, in fact they're not, not going to—they're not going to sit him behind Minshew. He's playing right away. They drafted him to play next year. No, he won't. No, no he we'll won't. See. He's definitely we'll carrying. He's your, we'll your He's your clipboard candidate so. for more than one I year. Mean, I don't think so, Jack. I don't think he's drafted that high and is be on the sidelines. I don't think so. I don't think they would do that. That would let, make them look terrible. And for I don't one think year they, for one year they can get away with it. I don't think <laughs> obviously so, they drafted them number four overall. They want him in there playing. Yes, as this soon year as they can feel he's this ready. Year, Jack, this year he's playing. I I will it's say like, this. It's like what happened it's, with Zach Wilson. He shouldn't have been playing right away, but they played him. He's drafted too high not to play, Jack. Right away he's going in. So. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out how good he is. Well, it depends on the situation. With Carolina, you would assume that Bryce Young, the number one overall in, overall pick in the draft, is playing right away. Yes. But I get the feeling the head coach, Frank Reich, is going to want to baby him to, nah. an, to, a, to an extent. No, 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 because they have Andy Dalton there. So in the very beginning, I think Bryce Young takes over as quarterback at some point during the regular season, like Eli Manning did with the Giants. Yeah, they had Kurt Warner. And after nine games, 
They pulled Kurt Warner for Eli Manning, even though Kurt Warner was actually playing well. Yes. He was playing well. They pulled him for Eli Manning after nine games. I think the same thing with Carolina. Andy Dalton starts the year. If they're winning and they're playing okay, they kind of hold Bryce Young off and they wait for the right time. Uh, my guess is Bryce Young starts about, you know, sixth, fifth, sixth game of the season. Anywhere from fifth to eighth game. You know, Good morning, Andy in the meantime. In the Good morning. Meantime. Good morning, hey, Byron. Byron Young was on the draft show with us, of course, former New York Giants wide receiver. Um, Byron, you know, you just came in when we were talking about Eli Manning and, and what happened with Kurt Warner. Jack's trying to, uh, you know, compare that to Bryce Young. I don't think there's a comparison there. I think that Bryce Young, you drafted him number one. You're going to play him right away. For opening game, he starts, and, uh, you know, and you have, um, you know, Andy Dalton as backup in case he gets hurt. That's why they did that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, he, he's a proven guy. Uh, last two years, he played real well at Alabama. And, you know, and I think uh, you just made a statement. You're going to build your, your uh, offense around Bryce Young. And, you know, he, he's, he's a very intelligent young man. And so I, I think uh, that's what they decided. Everybody was on the same page. They agree, all agreed. So, and uh, Carolina, they, you know, they're they looking forward to seeing what can happen. That's for yeah. sure. No. Well, Bryce Young is the guy without question. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying, is it going to be the first game of the season? Is it going to be fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth game? When is it going to happen? My feeling is Andy Dalton will start the season. And the attitude with Carolina, it's fine. Bryce Young is our quarterback of the future. We all know that. But it doesn't hurt him to maybe get his feet wet a little, you know, and we'll put him in at the right time during the season. Kind of, you know, Elon Manning was drafted just as high, basically, as Bryce Young. And they waited to the ninth game. They got a little edgy. It depends on situations. With the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud's going to start immediately because they have no one else there. With Indianapolis, Gardner Minshew's probably starting the season, and they'll figure they'll take their time with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson might be on that bench a whole year. I don't know how it – listen, it depends how they look in training camp. I, I mean, think, you know, really, really, Jack, I think football is a different time, a different era. I mean, probably five, six years ago they would probably do that, but now they putting these guys in a little bit earlier. And I just think, uh, you know, just think of Aaron Rodgers and, and that, that had Brett Farr in, in those type of situations, which was – that was a different situation. But now these teams don't have those quarterbacks in plays like a Brett Farr. And so I'm thinking that these teams need to win immediately, and I think they're making a statement. And that, that's why I think they, they try to evaluate these players as best as they can because they, they, they put a lot more pressure on players to come in and immediately be an impact. Yeah. You know, I agree with what you're saying, Byron, but it depends who else they have there in part. Like right. I was saying, C.J. Stroud's probably starting immediately for Houston. They have no one else. It, it would nearly be insulting to sit him behind anyone else. They have Mills Davis. Give me a break. They're not going to sit him behind him. That, that's stupidity. I mean, that's what happened. With Urban Urban Meyer when he was coach at Jacksonville, they drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Had he said Trevor Lawrence is going to learn a little bit, 
watching in the beginning and he's our guy of the future. That would have been great. But Urban Meyer was a complete idiot by saying Trevor Lawrence is competing for the starting job. What is he going to then say? Trevor Lawrence lost out in the competition? I mean, they're a complete fool. That's why he's no longer coach at Jacksonville. He got fired during the year in part. But Gardner Minshew's competent. He's been around. He can hold. He's not a franchise quarterback. But Indianapolis is a contender. Despite picking so high, they could win with Gardner Minshew in the beginning. And if Anthony Richardson, it's going to take time. It's going to take some time. If you start him immediately, he better produce immediately. They're not yeah. going to have that many growing pains. Some quarterbacks, you could have growing pains, like Trevor Lawrence. Let him take his lumps. We understand he's going to develop. You know, situations are completely different. And Anthony Richardson doesn't have the college pedigree. When yeah, and, and I way. agree with all that, though. But I think, I think too, they're going to test him, and they're going to they gonna see – what kind of pressure that he can withstand, you know, in practice and scrimmages and things like that. So I think he's going to be well tested before they make that decision. But you, you're probably right. I think, but I just think too that um, I hope they don't rush him and, and then try to put him in there before he's really ready because you got to be a mature minded player to be able to withstand and cover everything that goes into being a, a quarterback in the National Football League, you know, pocket presence and, Knowing, knowing the blocking schemes, I mean, knowing the defenses and things like that. You know, we talked about that. And it usually take quarterbacks three to four years to get that down to a science. And, you know, uh, Daniel Jones is a good example of that, of that. You know, you can name a lot of quarterbacks and just think about that. You can name a lot of quarterbacks and they they weren't quite ready. You're absolutely right. And this guy's young and, you know, um, don't make a lot of mistakes, but you definitely don't know when you, until you get in there at the NFL – it's a whole different animal, you know. These guys not quite ready. You see it every year that they they put these quarterbacks in too early. And I have a theory too, fellas. It's not just about experience. You could have all the experience in the world. A large part is instincts. Mm -hmm. Just an instinct, split second whether to re re release the ball, who to throw it to. You know, it's such a small window, but it makes oh, all the difference. I mean, if I had the skills to be an NFL quarterback, I probably wouldn't be a good NFL quarterback because my instincts would be a split second too slow. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then that's what just think about Tom Brady, how he released that ball within within less than three seconds a lot of times. A lot of these quarterbacks ain't gonna have that kind of capability to know how to do that because he knew how to place that ball. He knew you know, the timing of it, he knew the rush factor. I mean, it's a lot of things that happens on that football field. And, they and you get blitzed, you know, yep. and you have to release it quick to someone. You know, some quarterbacks just panic. You and know, you know a lot of times with receivers, with receivers, the ball will be in the air before you even turn around, you know, and, and that's that because a quarterback kind of got the feel and, you know, when he's going to get pressure, when he's going to get hit, you know, the aim and 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 – it's a lot of things that goes into it because everything happens so fast. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you really want to be in an awe moment, go out there and just stand on the sideline of an NFL game. You'll be in awe because how fast things happen. And that's why, I, you know, you have to give credit to a lot of the referees, and they don't talk about that. 
But you have to get credit to a lot of referees because they, they have to be on point. I mean, they make decisions, and these guys are really – the referees are really good to be out there on the football field to referees those NFL games as well. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of complaining, but uh, it's very tough. Um, it is. I, you know, yeah. I don't think instincts is the right word. I know what Jack's saying. I think that comes with all the practice they put in together where they know where the receiver is going to be without even looking. You know, I had that with a couple of my receivers. I just knew that where they were going to be at, and mm-hmm. even when I couldn't see them, you know. Uh, right. So I think a lot of that has to do with the reps they got time after time after time, and and they know each other so well uh, from the off season. Uh, I think that's that's why you know it looks a lot harder than maybe it is that this is something they do regularly, and we just wow. I don't believe he just made that throw. And you know, and you got to give the receivers credit too. I mean, they go up, they get the ball, they 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 stop and grab the ball behind them. I mean, they've been making plays. They've been making Lynn Swan plays uh, like this for years now. So I, I I think it's the repetition. I think it's the relationship. I think it's uh, they know what each other is doing. Uh, the reads. I mean, it's it's it is not easy. And, and but yeah. there's a difference, guys, between Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Maybe why the Colts went with Anthony Richardson there. Because <laughs> Anthony Richardson might be able to outrun a lot of his mistakes. What's he going to do best? Yeah. He's going to take off and run. Will yeah. Levis is going to be in the pocket, take the hits, you know, a lot more. And yeah. that's what we're talking about. The NFL is changed. Quarterbacks are running, you know, all the time. You know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, a mobile. Even though C.J. Stroud's more of a pocket passer, he's still mobile at the end. And you don't want the old-fashioned NFL quarterback who stays in the pocket to take his hit. That doesn't happen as much. You know, it's a running league. Your best running backs in the NFL are quarterbacks. That's why the running back position has gotten devalued. Because they have quarterbacks who are going to do the work. People ask me, who's the best running back in the NFL? I say Lamar Jackson. <laughs> That's the best running back, for real. He's the best running back in the NFL. He's disguised as a quarterback. And they just, paid him, yesterday. And they just paid him yesterday. Yes, they did. He's like the Otani of baseball. He plays two positions, yeah. quarterback and running back at the same time. Well, maybe that's what they were thinking about Anthony Richards too. They thinking that that they want that type of player. Unfortunately, for Will Levis, I mean, he he's a spectacular quarterback, so he's gonna be good. He gonna whoever get him gonna get a gonna get a steal. So you know, he's he's definitely the best player available today, right now. You know. Well, Byron, you know, when you were drafted, of course, it's nothing like it is today. TV mm-hmm. coverage, uh, it's a party. Uh, you know, they're there all day, all right. night. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, how did you feel? Me and Jack discussed this. How did you feel about Levitz being there? I mean, he looked miserable. He's, you know, the the camera's on him constantly. His family's yeah. not happy because he's miserable. I mean, you kind of feel for the guy, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I really feel for him. But, you know, it's it's something that you can't control. But once you get your name called, you now you got something to prove. Once you know what team um, selected you, you know, now that you go, you all in. And I think that's the approach, that's the mindset that you got to have. And, you know, he's going to be all right. He just, you know, got to continue to stay positive. To stay positive. I know there's a lot of things that happen that out of your control. And that's one thing about the NFL draft is so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I and 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 with that, we'll push on to the experts. I mean, the experts are wrong so many times now. Um, you know, they really don't know what the teams do when they hear rumors. They don't know what the scouts are really looking at. Again, they just listen to the rumors that the teams are putting out there, and they get a lot of things wrong. Uh, Levitz is one thing. Richardson, uh, you know, a lot of people thought he might drop into the second round, and he right. didn't. He, he, he was taken fourth overall. So, I mean, I think that, you know, you've got to have a program, right? You got to, you got to talk about things like this. Uh, mm-hmm. But what do you, what do you think? You think that maybe the rumors that teams are putting out there, uh, you know, the, the scouting is, is totally different than what the rumors are, Byron? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of, of all of that. And, you know, just going to the combine, you know, I know Jack don't like the combine and I like the combine because you find out a lot about the players and, I think too, um, your scout department, you know, they take notes. They 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 have people watching you and things like that. They go back to your high school and junior high school to talk about to your coaches and, and so there's a lot of things that goes into it. I mean, they 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 know everything about you. You know, they know how many kids and know about your father if you went to jail and all that type of stuff. So that's a lot of factors. And then that S2 test, you know, they take the test, the intelligent test just to see how smart you can pick up, how, how, how quickly you can process things. So it, it's some things that uh, the combine offer and the scouting department, you know, take notes of. And then they go back and they talk to the general managers. And then that's why you saw the uh, the Detroit the Detroit team, the, the staff, they were so excited about the players that they got. And it was a shock. that they, Everyone you know, was acting excited, Byron, yesterday. Come on, every room was acting yeah. Everyone was excited because that's you got to make the fans buy into your pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you do. Um, and and you left out one important part of the combine is the interviews, uh, Byron, yeah. with the quarterbacks. I mean, here you finally you get to not just watch the tape, you get to meet the guy, you get to ask him questions, yeah, even have him drop what he's going to do when he sees this type of defense, so you can evaluate him better than just. Uh, just on tape. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that happen to combine uh, that, you know, that a lot of people don't know about and Jack hates. And that's because he's, you know, he's never been to the combine. So uh, maybe we need to take Jack to the gate. Okay, Jack next year, let's plan on meeting at the combine. We go to Annapolis. Let's meet at the combine and let's, let's kind of just go and, and just take everything in, get that NFL combine experience. The, now the, the combines, change teams' minds for the worst normally, okay? I mean, Anthony Richardson never would have went number four overall if it wasn't for the combines. He may have not. He wouldn't have even been in the first round. But he went to the combines. He showed his athletic skill. Same way with the Jets with Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson might turn out to be a good quarterback. Ultimately, I'm rooting for that. Yeah. But they saw – what he could do at the combines. Oh, he's the only quarterback that could throw across his body while he's on a run and release a hard throw that's accurate across his body. You know what the combines is? I compare to my specialty, the sport of boxing. You take all the fighters, let them hit the speed bag, let them hit the heavy bag, say, oh, wow, he could throw those combinations off the heavy bag. Then he's in the ring, you know, for real. In a real fight, it's it's a totally different thing. Like, everyone's going to look good like they could jump rope 
extra beats per minute, you know, and stuff. And, and we're dazzled with how good they look in the gym workout. I mean, that's what it basically is. Yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right. And, and, and you know, it kind of reminds me back in the day when uh, Nehemiah, uh, Renato Nehemiah, the run, like the, great athlete, the, hurdler, the, track, yeah. the track guy, they tried to put him on the football field, could run, but it's a whole different thing, running and catching and then getting hit and all that, you know, just making sure you can process and experience the whole thing. And it's, it's so many different factors that goes into it. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Did Bob Hayes have a, a big football background before he, he came to the Cowboys? He didn't have a big football background. I got a chance to meet him and and, and, and spend some time with him, but he he was a you know he didn't have a whole lot of football background. I mean, the Cowboys was just excited because he could stretch that field and he brought a lot more well, to the game. Out, yeah, he turned out to be a great receiver. They talk about Usain Bolt maybe being drafted at one point, like because. Speed was so incredible that, you know, they figured he's going to get open at the very least on a fly pattern, you know. But it, it, but you, but once you're on the field, there's, you know, there's football speed and there's regular track speed. It, it, it's it's a different thing. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. They still talk about Jerry Rice. You know, he wasn't fast, fast, but he had the football speed, the Chris Wright routes. I mean, he turned that slant pass into a touchdown every time. So, you know, it, you, you see a, a different case scenario on running those routes and, and playing football speed exactly, yes. I, I never I never heard about uh, uh, Usain Bolt or whatever his first name is. Hussein uh, Hussein Hussein Bolt was, was – uh, they were talking about drafting him. That would have been a good draft. Well, it was like with the Cowboys with Carl Lewis, you know, yeah. he's winning the Olympic gold medals to, like, draft him and he'd be at camp. I mean, they would have guaranteed him a spot on the team. If well, he well Bolt was a The speed was so amazing. If they have a high school background, hypothetically, if it's a high school player who was a very good receiver in high school, you have something to work with, you yeah. know, because he has some football knowledge, probably has good hands, and you work hard with them. Maybe maybe it could work out, but if there's no football background to begin with, uh, don't waste your time. Bolt yeah, so Ron, Ron Brown, I think he played for the Rams. He was he was a track guy, and he, he turned out to be a pretty good receiver uh, for the Rams back in the yeah, day. Bolt, Bolt was a big man. That dude could have played. Yeah, he's a big guy. Big guy. Yeah. I mean, he was big. Not the only guy. thing is, can he take that hit? Can he go across That's that field? Psychologically, too. Even if physically they can take the hit, psychologically, how are they going to feel about getting hit? If it doesn't bother them much, then, you know, that's a big plus. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, the wide, speaking of wide receivers, I mean, uh, they started going late in the first round, but uh, some next to running backs, wide receivers, are turning into the least appealing draft pick in general. Okay, because the attitude is we can get a wide receiver late on in the draft, like we can get a running back. I think the most emphasis now we see on these drafts, obviously, are put on quarterbacks if you need one. And, you know, on the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, I mean, it's just somehow running backs – and receivers have been casualties of the draft in general. Because you can get them for a dime a dozen, but, you know, it's been proven that, you know, the receivers, you know, you, you got to have six or seven of them 
put two or three of them on the practice roster because they're interchangeable. I mean, you know, just think when we played, we had five receivers that played a lot uh, for the Giants, and we was interchangeable yeah. because, yeah. you know, that, that concept is still goes. And then you talk about injuries. I mean, they tend to get hurt. I mean, poor muscles, um, shoulder injuries and hand injuries and things like that. So you definitely need to have uh, a good six or seven guys that can consistently – you know, just look at the rosters these years. I mean, you got two or three, uh, your third and second, fourth string receiver came in and played, had yeah. some, you know, came in and had yeah. a spark during, during, during this last season. And then the way football has changed, you know, you talk about trying to run 75 to 80 plays. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot of plays. And you're going to get a lot of contact, a lot of injuries. So, yeah, that's that's where the game is. The quarterback has become a huge position uh, you know, to, to pick up to cover these fast guys, um, you know, to come up and tackle the running backs. So, I mean, as, as you saw last night, the Giants, uh, they pick up uh, the, the Deontay Banks, cornerback uh, from Maryland, uh, mm-hmm. with their first round. I wasn't too happy about it uh, last night, but to think about it today, Byron, I think they picked the best player available, and they definitely need help at cornerback. Well, I'm going to tell you this why. I mean, they moved up to pick him and they gave up a fifth round and the seventh round to, to move up just. But I'm looking right before the Giants took Deontay Banks, okay, cornerback. Four wide receivers were taken in a row, the first four in the draft. I mean, Jacon <laughs> Smith, Najerba, I pronounce his name wrong, from Ohio State. He was taken by the Seahawks. Then Quentin Johnson, uh, wide receiver from Texas Christian, you know, uh, was taken by the Chargers. And the Ravens then took Zay Flowers, who the Giants were linked to, you know, speaking of Lamar Jackson. Then also Jordan Addison was linked to the Giants. He won one pick before to the Vikings. I get the feeling if a couple of those were available, that's what the Giants would have done. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. Two, I mean, I can assume that we could assume that, but if the Giants wanted one of those receivers, don't you think they maybe would have tried to move up with the other team? Uh, you know, to get I one, think of they should have tried. Maybe the price was a little higher. I don't know because by the time the Vikings getting Jordan Addison a spot before the Giants, I mean, that's that's a big pickup for Kirk Cousins because he's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a good one, and you know he's gonna be right there with Justin Jefferson too. But you know they they lost uh uh the, what's his name Thielen to the Panthers, yeah. and so they right. had to get another receiver to come in and and fill that void. So yeah, I mean yeah. you can see some teams did some spectacular you know moves and 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 the chess you know movement, and I think that's really good. It says it says a lot, and uh, but those receivers, this first time four receiver went. Four in a row, uh, right behind each other, and they, but they just, like they, number twenty, Byron. That's what I'm trying to say. In years past, the receivers were like an appealing position. You figured instead of the first one going twenty, at least mm-hmm. we're on the top ten somewhere. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You you usually see receivers going in the yeah the top fifteen. It'd be one or two receivers usually be gone by now. So Byron. Yeah, I mean, I, so Byron. I the question is before Jack, uh, you know, hijack the conversation. What do you think about DeAndre? Uh, you know, DeAndre uh, Hopkins. 
Yeah. What do you think about that thing? The Banks with the with, I think you know he was great. He was he's supposed to go in the top fifteen. I think that's a, that's a, they got a. What are we talking about? Who are we talking about here? The defensive back that the Giants selected. Oh, okay. De, DeAndre Banks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think he was you know I think he's a he was he was rated pretty high to go. So I think they're getting a good cornerback. He he gonna be. Um, a guy that's kind of gonna come in and, and immediately make an impact, and the, the Giants had to make a move with, as a defensive back. But it's a lot of receivers out there. I think they're getting a good receiver today. Yeah, actually, that may have been a pretty good move for the Giants because their pass rush. I mean, I don't know how optimistic they are about it this year. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they shore up the cornerback position uh, over there. Yeah, absolutely, mean. absolutely. Not, not, not think I think receivers. I think they probably got their eyes on a couple of good receivers uh, that come in and make immediate. You know, I think, too, I would try to get DeAndre Hopkins, you know, on a trade or something, but that didn't happen. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you get a lot of receivers. It's, it's he, costs, a lot of receivers. he costs too much, Byron. It costs way yeah. too much, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, yeah, he's yeah. a big well, not, not what you can get him for. I mean, just what you have to pay him and fitting yeah. him in with the cap yeah. and Arizona reportedly is now going to hold on to him. And Arizona's like an odd situation, you know, uh, yeah. over there. They're not expected to really win. Not not next year. They're trying to build something long term. So yeah, I, 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 I don't like that. That franchise to me is a bit dysfunctional. Yeah, and that, not nothing with that too. Trying to build, uh, you know, they 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 can process a client a coach real quickly. I mean, that's one thing about it. The last these last couple of five six years, in the NFL, they 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 find a coach just as quick as they will get rid of some of these, these yeah, players. Yes, they. I mean, well, I'll tell you what they did. They got Paris Johnson. Yeah, they traded down went six from Ohio State. Right, they traded a couple of times up and down. Yeah. Uh, Paris Johnson will be good for Kyler Murray. I mean, Murray is another running quarterback who regressed, who went backwards, and they gave him the big money. I mean, if you talk about any quarterback in the NFL who's on trial next year, what, I, I maybe that's the wrong term to use, but it's go time for this guy quarterback. They absolutely have to turn it around. I mean, Kyler Murray... And Dak Prescott are the two guys that stand out because Murray regressed a lot. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott had a really bad playoff game, you know, when they got eliminated, left a bad taste in his mouth. Ironically, had a very good game against Tampa Bay the game before. Mm-hmm. But his performance during the season was far from what you'd want it to be. Yeah. If, if he had to play, if he had to, I was going to say, if he had to play the 49ers, I don't know if he, he wanted to play the 49ers. But his performance overall, it slipped last year, I thought, Dak Prescott. He just wasn't good. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Just wasn't good. And whatever the reason, he's he has to have a bounce back. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're gonna know for sure that they 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 don't have a uh the, the office coordinator no more. And then to me, they office is so predictable. I mean, I could just sit here and just say, okay, I know what the Cowboys get ready to do. And so I just think now if if um, if McCaffrey can, Mike McCaffrey can do something different for the offense for his college plays, it'll be more exciting. Huh? They got him Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver from Houston. 
yeah. Ronald Jones running back. I mean, they did get him a couple of, uh, you know, pieces over there. And we'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, Cowboys have a pretty good team. I mean, Eagles are going to enter the season as the favorite. But the Cowboys, you know, the feeling is that they're going to contend, you know, at least. And, uh, yeah. But the Cowboys just been so predictable, in my, my, my opinion. I, I just think if you – if you can't be predictable, if you can just surprise here and there and, you know, include your tight end and do some things, you know, move, to me, you got to move your receivers around, try to create mismatches, you know, and, and you know, if you're talking about trying to get the ball to see lamb, then you need to move them around. You can't let them just sit one one position. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, is going to be allowed to run the offense, basically, call the plays before Jerry Jones – you know, Stephen Jones, they had a way of doing things and they agreed with Mike McCarthy. Okay, you feel you can do better. We're letting you be in charge. And it's go time for Mike McCarthy because if the offense struggles, it's all on him. No excuses. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I was going to, I was sitting here thinking, I hadn't heard too much from Denver. Have you guys heard anything? From the Denver Broncos? Well, the right in the Russell Wilson deal, they gave up the pick, you know, they paid different picks and there's yeah. a yeah. and it's, uh <clears throat> same with I think Sean Payne gonna have them guys ready over there. Same well, yeah, it's, it's the same with Miami. They didn't have no draft picks either because of the you know the two a deal. The trades, yeah. The trades, yeah. So they're they're gonna they're gonna uh they're set. they gotta go with what they got now, Byron. So let's get let's get to a couple more things about the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley, of course, the news hasn't changed. Byron, it don't look good. I don't think Saquon's with the Giants next year. I really don't. You don't think? You think he'll just play out his? Uh, his you think he's going to be there this season, Mac? So I, let's. I, I don't think he'll play. I don't think he'll play. You know, Mac isn't. You know what? You want to say something, Byron? Mac likes to come off as being old school. He's not old school at all. <laughs> Mac cave. The might think of the caves in. He's saying like stuff like this. Well. If Anthony Richardson is going to demand the trade, Saquon Barkley is going to demand the trade. Players demand trades to Mac, and Mac was a GM. He would buckle. He would give in. He would just trade him. Even though the guys well, are on the contract, they go into his office, they demand the trade. Wouldn't you have loved Byron to have played for a coach like Mac? You demand playing time. And why, Mac would you, why would you keep somebody around that doesn't want to be there? I don't understand that. But no, I, I, I have a few guys who don't want to yeah, be there. Tough you know, the then get out. Then go. Then get out. Bye. See you later. I think Saquon is going to be there. I really do. Okay, I, 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 I just think you're right. I hope I said right. the same name by Lamar Jackson. I, I said the same. I, I just think these guys, it's a certain time factor that they have to wait and see, and they got yeah. to trust the process. I just think with with what he's bringing to the table and what he have done for the Giants, I think they're going to they gonna make a deal for him. I hope you're right. I mean, they're trying out Syracuse running back, uh, Sean Tucker. They're, they're bringing in other running backs and trying them out. I, I don't know, Byron. Those guys ain't going to work. I don't, I don't care what they do. Saquon right. Barkley is a is a is a one is a class by itself. First of all, you, you, listen. Wait you're a right. second, with Mac, you can get rid of Saquon Barkley. You can get a guy just as good as him in the sixth to seventh round. Not ju- it's not just quarterbacks like Tom Brady who you could get in the sixth and the seventh round. Look at Victor Cruz. You can wait. Yeah. You know, wait yeah. till the seventh round. You get well, the t- top undrafted, guys. Victor. But man, you got to you got you got you got to keep this in mind. You got to be a special player to play in New York. I'm I'm just telling you. 
Yeah. With the Giants. You got to be a special player. You just okay. can't bring anybody in up there and expect uh, them, them to go off and play, have a good year. Byron, Byron, I, you got the inside information. I hope up there. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with you. But uh, don't be surprised if Saquon, if not this year, next year is gone. So it, it'll be. It'll I be just, good. I think they're gonna make something happen. You know that they've been talking. They're gonna massage this. Um, they're gonna let the OTAs happen. But in July, I, I look for some big news to happen. Okay. All right. I'm with you. So, folks, we're close to the top of the hour. We're going to do our uh, promotion, uh, our promotion uh, thing for you here. Byron, are you going to stick around through through the uh, break? Yeah, I'm gonna stick around a couple more minutes because I got a. It's a big. It's a big weekend for me. I got a couple events, and I'm helping uh, doing curing cancer for kids tomorrow, and then I'm doing a big big event on Sunday with a car show. Um, So I'm getting ready to do some boxing. All right, all right. So uh, uh, if you're there after the break, great. If you're not, we'll we'll take it easy, Byron. All right. Okay. Thank you. There you go. He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams, and now. Here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now... Here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news. Hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. I mean, you can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this oh, Already, I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm not Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show, our Friday edition. I'm your host, Mac. Your co-host, Jack Hirsch, Hall of Fame boxing writer and the former New York Giants wide receiver, Byron Williams, all here. Uh, just going over the draft, uh, you know, a little bit of Giants news. And uh, Keith, Keith won't be in today, so uh, we're going to do a little Patriots stuff, Knicks and, and, and the Yankees, of course. Uh, so Byron's here. We'll, we'll, he'll be Keith for, for this segment. And uh, let's let's talk about the draft. Um, the Pats actually stay in the first round. They don't uh, they don't 
fall back as they always do and trade down. You have Christian Gonzalez, uh, cornerback. Uh, they took in the first round. Again, another cornerback just like the Giants. Uh, and I guess the Patriots are pretty high on him. So uh, what do you think, Byron? What do you think of that pickup having cornerback Christian Gonzalez as your first round pick? Yeah, Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez was the two best cornerbacks in the, in this year's draft. And I thought Christian, Christian uh, Gonzalez would have been picked earlier. So I think uh, the New England Patriots got a great uh, defensive back. This kid grew up here in Dallas, went to Oregon, University of Oregon, and um, great cover guy. I think he's going to be an impact player. Uh, real smart kid, makes some good plays on the on the field. Real, he was right right in the top three uh, defensive backs in this year this year draft. So I'm thinking that uh, New England got a real good player. Okay, all right. I wonder the wisdom of that deal because Broderick Jones was available where they were going at 14, an offensive lineman giving Mac Jones that extra protection that he badly needs. Right. Yet they traded with Mike Tomlin, you know, with Pittsburgh to move down three slots. I, you know, I can understand they get a little more draft capital. Christian Gonzalez is a good value pick, you know, because he was projected to go higher. But, uh, you know, I would have gone with Broderick Jones. I would have shored up the offensive line, you know, really good offensive lineman there. I think that was more of a need for New England. And I know you picked the best play available, but I don't think there was much of a disparity yeah. between Christian Gonzalez and Broderick Jones. But I think, too, um, the, the, you got to get a good cornerback. You know, South Gardner proved that last year. Yeah. And uh, even even uh, the Seattle Seahawks had some good uh, cornerbacks and stuff that came in last year that really made an impact to their defense. So, yeah, but, you know, you never can pass up a good offensive lineman as well. You're absolutely right. You got, to, you got to protect those quarterbacks. Well, if he was that good, Christian Gonzalez, and I'm a bit skeptical coming from Oregon, Mm -hmm. He was there for the Jets to take instead of Will McDonald. And imagine you put him on the other side of Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Okay. What it's going to be mean for your secondary. So, you know, scouting departments sometimes see things a little bit differently in evaluations. That's, but moves like this have a long term effect. You know, yeah. middle of the first round, you know, where each team could have had another player that were like closely, you know, marked off on their board. And it's uh, it's going to be a big difference maker, I think, you know, ultimately with the Jets. Because if Will McDonald turns out to be so-so, mm -hmm. you know, it's they're going to think back. They could have gotten Christian Gonzalez instead in New England if he turns out to be outstanding for New England. But you're right. The Jets have source gardeners, so they feel, you know, their overall secondary is you know, good. So they went, you know, kind of with an edge rusher outside linebacker, you know, Will McDonald. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's still a lot of free agent uh, players out there on the market that some of these teams are thinking about trying to sign as well. So no doubt, no doubt. Um, so the Knicks are be playing Miami. The Knicks totally dismantled uh, the Cavaliers uh, in, in four games. Um or five games, uh, the uh, you know listen. Miami is a good team. The Knicks have a really good defense. Uh, they're deeper than they were in a long time. 
Um, Barrett's playing well. Uh, so is, of course, Brunson. Randall's a little hurt. Um, you know, Toppin's playing well. Quickly's playing well. The, the Knicks bench has really stepped up uh, this series, and their defense is, is one of the best now uh, left in the series. Uh, Byron, so what do you think? Do you think the Knicks will take it to Miami this uh, series? I think so. I, I just think, you know, it's kind of like the, the turning on the switch at the right time. I think that's what they're doing. I think they, you know, they plan. And the, the Miami, he's only got one good player that, that's really just stepped up. And, and, and of course, I think the Knicks play good team, team uh, balls. I mean, for us, the excitement and things that they bring, I think um, they got some momentum going into the next round. I think, you know, that's what they needed. And I think Bronson and those guys been playing good, solid basketball. Yeah. Jack, who would you say is the most important <laughs> Nick in this series? Oh, Jalen. Well, Jalen Brunson, he's turned the whole culture around. I know people talk about Julius Randle, but Julius Randle has been with the Knicks for a while. And, you know, they could never take the extra step like this. You could argue, well, had Brunson been with the Knicks all along without Julius Randle, it wouldn't have been. But there's a certain energy that this Nick ha team has. I don't understand the seeding. I'm missing something here, why the Knicks are playing Miami. Because the four teams left in the East, the team with the best record are the Celtics. The team with the second best record are the Sixers. The team with the third best record is the Knicks, and the team with the fourth best record are the Miami Heat. So I don't understand why three is playing four, the Knicks are playing the Heat, and one is playing two, the Celtics are playing the Sixers. Shouldn't one be playing four? I mean, why are they setting up the brackets this way? They're actually making it better for the Knicks in the Heat, the third and fourth seed. I think you know, I think Chad, yeah. I think it's because the Bucks got upset. I think the Bucks weren't they the the third rated team or second rated well, team? Well, yeah, but the, once the Bucks got eliminated, the team with the next best record in the East was is the Celtics, right? And the team after them with the next best record are the Sixers, right? That's what I'm trying to say. So why are the Celtics? playing the Sixers. So hypothetically, the Celtics should be playing the Heat and the Knicks should be playing the Sixers. I, you know, I just don't get. So you know, maybe, maybe, maybe being in stone, maybe you're saying they should reset it after. Yeah, after I don't understand why they're doing it that way. I mean, yeah. I don't get it at all. You know, it goes back. We're talking about football. Most of the show it just goes back ages ago. When you had that unbeaten Miami Dolphin team, they're playing in the AFC Championship game at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Why were they playing at Pittsburgh? They're unbeaten. Where's yeah. the reward of being unbeaten in the playoffs? It, it just shows you how how dumb things are. You look at reflect on reflection. Right. But it's good to point out the dumbness at the time it happens. Sure. Now wait, you know, years later and say, oh, I don't see how they could have done that. I mean, and I don't see what this NBA matchup here. It doesn't make sense. You're rewarding the Heat and the Knicks by having them avoid the Celtics. I mean, yeah, see, right. Yeah, I was gonna say the bus was number one. They was 58 and 24, and then the Celtics, and then the 76 ers Cavs, the Knicks. Right. And, and the Heat. Heat. The Knicks were the supposed Celtics to play. The Knicks were supposed to play the Bucks, 
one and four, but Miami beat the Bucks, and that's what screwed everything up. Yeah, but, 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 but with what's left, that's what the new right, 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 be. right. That's, that's, that's what I don't, I, you know, yeah, I don't. Should, they probably it. should reset after every series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So the Celtics, the Celtics should be playing the Knicks, and then the San Francisco should be playing the Heat. No, no, no. What should be actually the Celtics now have the best record of the four teams they in the East. Right. And the Heat has has the worst record. So the Heat should be playing the Celtics, and the Knicks should be, uh, who are number three, should be playing number two, the 76ers. Right. That's how what the records are in order yeah. for the best records. You need to be the you need to be the commissioner. Yes. Well, yeah, Jackson, unless I'm missing something, the Sixers yeah. didn't catch the Celtics at the end for uh, a record on the seeding. Unless I'm missing something uh, here. Look, if you look at Jack carefully, he does look like an older, uh, you know, older silver. You know, he does. Look thought, like yeah. Yeah. Good point, Matt. Good point. I would make I would make tougher moves than and silver. Thank I mean, you. I would hand down suspensions and this and that and. Yeah, uh, you would be. You would be. Yeah. Uh, you would be. You would be right on the. Right on the uh, what about what about being on the bottom of the pile? Yeah, I don't know that. You know, you talk about suspensions. I'm thinking the players union. I I was thinking the other day of players unions. They're just uh, no offense, Byron, but they're just as I'll I won't use a bad word. I was gonna do it, but I won't use it. But they're Thank just you. as unfair as unreasonable. That's the word, okay. That's a polite word. They're, they're totally unreasonable players' unions. I'm going to give you an example. One player could be given the worst cheap hit. He could be injured. He could be out the, out the year because of the cheap hit he had. So the commissioner is then going to turn around and put a, a very hefty uh, suspension on the player who committed the dirty hit. So rather than the players' union look out for the guy that was injured, they go to bat for the guy that was suspended. They do that all the time. Are you talking they basketball or are you talking football? All sports, players' unions. One, a pitch in baseball, he could deliberately throw at a guy's head and hurt him. And the players' union is going to back the pitcher who deliberately threw at his head. Oh, you can't suspend him for The players' union in football don't decide to – don't don't decide the uh, penalty. Don't decide the cheap, the cheap hits in football. When someone gets suspended, they don't look out for the guy who was the victim, the player. They turn around and they put their full support behind the other guy. The player should get mad about that. I mean, the guy who's the victim, the innocent victim, he's really not getting represented. They but they represent the suspended player. Do you, do you really expect Byron to come out and talk, speak? No, him? I don't. I'm just saying okay, all right. players' unions. Byron can't comment on all right. that. All right. Yeah, but it's, it, it's, I think we got the best union in sports, NFLPA. Byron is working, has a good job, Jack. He's not going to say anything. No, Byron him. is not going to comment. No, no, Byron, dis, for the record, Byron disagrees with my criticism of the NFL players union and the others to a degree. I understand that. So Byron's not commenting on it and I don't want him to. I'm just He's saying this kind of has to be a balance here because sometimes in sports, yeah, the guy who is on the receiving end of it, you know, 
he's one of their guys too any unions yeah that's, that's true and you pay your union dues in life that's right. all unions. i understand you gotta sometimes you have to represent someone whether you want or not like let's switch it to attorneys for example they could have the worst client available but they have to give him a representation i could kind yeah. of understand that there you go okay, let's move on from that i don't want to byron hasn't commented on it the byron disagrees with me and we're going to leave it at that you know let's well you i think you need to be a commissioner i just i don't know for what sports but uh, <laughs> you definitely need to be a commissioner because you you yeah. you and it sounds good though yeah and, and, and yeah you got to think about the victim you really do yeah, you got to think. Yeah, I understand. You got to represent the offending player too. Yeah. I, I understand that he's part of the union. You can't abandon him completely. You just have to work along. Sometimes with the commissioner, if it's a terrible penalty. I mean, I'm going to go to baseball now. Let's say uh, this is an NFL. Years ago, Armando Benitez, an Oriole pitcher, he deliberately drilled Tino Martinez in the back with a pitch. Everyone knew it. The dugout's empty. Because a player hit a home run right before that. Okay. that. That's why he drilled Tino Martinez in the back with a wicked fastball. And because there was a melee on the field, he got suspended for eight games. I'm the commissioner. You deliberately hit this guy in the back? We're sitting out for 50 games. 50 games without pay. I'm sending my message to all pitchers. 50 games. Now, the players' union is then going to appeal it. Let them take me to court. Go <laughs> ahead. I am going to play the tape for the jury of the pitcher deliberately hitting a bat in the back, the harm he could have done. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to let the players' union go to court, may, you know, over that. And uh, are they really going to win in front of a jury on that? Not, not once you show that tape. Not once you show that tape. Not once you show the tape. I mean, it's scary on that. I mean, yeah. But the idea he was suspended for only eight games. Come on. That's, You're delivering a fastball as hard as you can and hitting a guy in the back. And that's only two starts, right, Jack? It's not even it's not even well, he was a relief at the time, but whatever. All right. All right. Well, yeah. thank God the Philly sports guy is down underneath to save the show. Oh, they had a nice draft. They had a oh, nice yes, they draft. Did. Yes, there. they did. So Pags here from uh, the draft yesterday while he was all painted up and going crazy, especially with the pick Jalen Carter. Uh, but Pags, I think the mo more important thing you picked up yesterday was the San Diego running back. Can you hear me? I can Eckler? hear you fine. <clears throat> okay, Eckler. I think Eckler was an unbelievable move the Eagles made even before they picked up Carter. I, I tell you. This is this is this is the reason why it's so hard to yeah they, I don't get any service whatsoever there. You're letting me know that we picked up Eckler. Yeah. So I I that's Pick that's actually that's amazing. That is absolutely and, uh, and Nolan Smith yeah. at number thirty. You yeah, know, that that was the guy. I mean, everybody thought that we were going to have to move up to get him, uh, or did we'd have to take him at number ten? So the fact that we were able to get Carter. And I thought that was a real savvy move because I knew that I knew that the Bears kind of wanted him. So they had to trade picks to just you know make sure that the Bears didn't take him. Yeah. yeah. And then uh but uh what did they trade for Eckler? 
I don't I don't know if they they I, I'm not sure Pags. I'm not sure what they traded for Eckler. Uh, yeah, now, now you got me. Now you got me. I mean, I I already thought we won the draft, but I tell you, it's there. Ain't, there, there ain't no stopping Howie. No. Byron well, no. feels it's going to be a close divisional race with the Giants definitely in the mix next year. He acknowledges Byron that the Eagles might win the division. But the Giants are going to push him to the very end. That's how Byron feels. You know, I, I had to, I had to go and explain to the Giants fans that were there. I'm like, listen, I said, I know you guys aren't used to picking this late in the draft, but this is what happens when you make the playoffs. <laughs> so I, I I had to let them know that because they're they're used to picking like fourth and seventh and yeah. five is yeah. seven last year. Let me tell you why I want to congratulate you, Pax. You got Jalen Carter. He's going to be really good. You know, he's going to be really good. I don't know. Is he going to be dominant next like he was in college? But he's definitely going to fit in with the Eagle leadership and really be a nice contributor next year. As is Nolan Smith. You know, you got uh, Dean from Georgia, you know, the year before. So Georgia's in the house, you know, over there too. But Howie Roseman makes these picks. It seems he makes them count wherever he takes them. Unlike the Giants, they don't, you know, they're all over the place, it seems, historically. But the Eagles make their picks count. You know, it, it's so funny when you watch a fan base, like when, when you watch a fan base get ready to be excited for the pick that they chose. And then, like, they have a certain person and player in mind, and all of a sudden they announce a name, and they have no idea who that name is. And there's a pause on what's going on. <laughs> this, who's, is that you, Byron? That's me and Austin Eggler. Oh, oh, wow. Cool. And, oh, yeah. and I was, we were just talking last month. We was in, you know, we was at the NFLPA. He's, he's a great guy, young man. I just want to say this about him. You're getting a complete player, and that guy is awesome. He, he's, he's been one of the most productive running back in the last four or five years. In is, it, is it concerning that he wanted out of San Diego or, or, or his out of L.A., the Chargers, away from the Chargers? I, I mean, that's, that's what makes me just a little, like, a touch hesitant. I, I know what he's done on the field. <laughs> Now, I, I think it was something that, that they were negotiating behind the scene to try to lock him in this year with his contract. And I think that's where that's where it all unfolded. And I think him and his agent decided that might be best for him to get traded out of there. Yeah. So he's got one year left on his contract? Yeah, he had one year left. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what the, what the Eagles gave up for that because uh, obviously they're going to have to try to re-sign him. Um, they're able, you know, that there is nobody better at capology than the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know who they got in there. I mean, it's like, I'd love to say it's all Howie, but they have, they have some mathematicians in that, in their, in their employee that know how to play games with the cap. Yeah. I think they'll they'll figure it out for him, but they're getting a, they're getting an awesome running back. I tell you that. 
Well, didn't I'm you? I'm telling you, they're two first-round picks. You know, like I said, also with Nolan Smith and mm -hmm. you know, drawing Jalen Carter. You know, man, the rich, the rich keep getting richer. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, nice draft. Anything day two, day two and day three. I mean, well, I, I mean, let's start. Let's yet. let's start in the very beginning of uh, of the day where you know something that nobody even knew about. The uh, you know the Arizona Cardinals in a tampering situation wind up having to give up a third round pick and then we swap sixth round picks I think it was or something like that so we have another third round pick that wasn't there before yeah so it's I mean there's there's a lot that I kind of I think is going to still occur now I, my expectation is is that if they have they they did give up some capital for next year, obviously with the trade up to Chicago, uh, and and they were low on picks this year. Wouldn't surprise me if he tries to uh, get more capital, you know, try to get more things, um, more draft capital for next year or or more this year. Uh, other than that, I, it's now time start to get. They don't like to use rookies on their offensive line. And I kind of firmly believe that that's where they're going to start looking now. The second and third round, they're going to start looking at big guys on their offensive line and starting to uh, redo that. Because Maybe a I, center Tippett, you know, if he's available from Minnesota. Uh, I could see him going to the Eagles because uh, – Kelsey, you know, maybe it's his last year. I, I know what I just watching Kelsey come out and just even enjoy being with us and being with the fans. I mean, you, I know he's ready to become father. You know, I think that that's that's absolutely in the very near future for him. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. I absolutely see him retiring and going out on top. If by chance they don't. He's got another year or two left in him. Do you think just, Pags just, had the who had, who had the best um, draft yesterday? Would you think that would be Houston? So I, I, this is one the difficult thing. Again, we didn't get to see what Houston gave up to get back up when they announced their cigarette, and then they say, you know, that uh, you know. Whoever was in the number three spot, you know, I think it was Arizona, uh, trades their pick to Houston's back on the clock. And there was a big, what? Uh, out of the crowd. Uh, that was, so, and that pick, obviously, is absolutely indicative of the coach. You know, it's like, okay, here is my guy who is going to. I'm going to. I'm going to coach to be the coach on the field, to be me on the field. And obviously, I know what I was able to do. So I found my guy who I'm going to be able to make as uh, the younger version of me on this team. So yeah. I, I I like the pick for him. Um, I think that they really did uh, a great job on getting the second and third pick. Uh, I just don't know what they gave up for that. And I yeah, feel they like gave that up a lot. That's why when we, you know, we go all crazy. <clears throat> oh, what a great deal for Houston. And they got a great play in Will Anderson. 
and you could say it was a great deal, but you never talk about what they give up, you know, ultimately. And what they gave up, uh, they flip-flopped. They gave up uh, Houston their third pick then for the 12th, to move down, to get Arizona's, I mean, third round. Third, third pick, third pick yeah. They moved up uh, to number... What am I saying? I'm sorry. They were number 12. They, they moved up to three. Select. They gave up the 12th overall pick to Arizona. They gave up the 33rd overall pick early in the second round. A first round pick in 2024. A third round in 2024. And a 2023 fourth rounder. They gave up a big haul for defensive player. A big, big haul. Well, you I mean, they really they, gave up an awful they, lot. They, they now, if he turns out to be another J.J. Watt, it's worth it, okay? But if he doesn't turn out to be of the caliber of a J.J. Watt, then it's not worth it. Well, they, they got what they thought is a future star. Uh, yeah. Know, the Jets gave up a boatload, too, for, for Rodgers. So, I mean, that's not Not as much. Not nearly yeah. as much. Well, well the Rodgers gave – hold on. They gave up a lot for Rodgers? I think so. I think so. Really? Hold on. They flip-flop first-round picks, and they gave up That's a fourth true. and a fifth. That's true. We were talking about that. Rodgers is well, like the a first Jets, round The Jets pick, gave so. up a second-round pick today. They have two second-rounders. One of them is going to Green Bay, the 42nd overall pick, and the Jets go 43rd. So they gave up a second-round pick and a fourth and a fifth. And, and, and no, no, no. Let me explain. They The Jets flip-flopped third to go – Number 15 instead of number 13. They flip-flopped right. that with Green Bay. But Green Bay is flip-flopping their fifth-round draft choice so to, for the Jets' sixth round. So the Jets are moving up 37 positions there. The Jets are giving up their number two today. And next year, a number one if Rodgers plays at least two-thirds of the snaps. If he doesn't play two-thirds of the snaps, then it's a second-round pick. So the Jets, basically for Rodgers, have given up a, a, a first and second-round pick or two second-round draft choices. Yeah. But listen, consider Aaron Rodgers, like Max said yesterday, a number-one draft choice. So essentially you're giving up one extra player, essentially. Right. right. Well, so and, and when I think about with the whole Rodgers thing uh, – I mean, they're going to be really interesting to watch how they have to deal with the capology next season where, I mean, they're going to be able to what? It's 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 like that whole cap hit is going to come next season where yeah. it's like $107 million for him next season. That's what it's going to cost for Rodgers next season. That's yeah. that crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's too well, much fun for the money. No, no, no. Aaron Rodgers is working along with the Jets, helping them with cap relief. And reporters, he'll defer money again next year, like delay things, bonuses. I don't know how it works. You know, for all that I follow sports, I can't figure out the cap for anything. If you talk to me about the cap, I have no idea what to say. None at all. I mean, really. But from what I understand, Aaron Rodgers is working with the team. You well, know, Pags, that. Yeah. Pags, I got I got what they gave it for Eckler, which isn't much. Uh, they trade uh, the 30th pick to to the Chargers 
uh, for the 54th. No, they, they, they we, the we took the 30th pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got the 30th pick from this. That's what I mean. You're no, we had pick? it. Oh, okay. That was our right. pick. That was our original pick. All right. Well, then uh, for the 54th and running back, Eckler is what they're saying. Uh, so, so we gave up our second round pick. Right. Okay. That's not, that's uh, that's not, not bad. bad. That's not bad. No, not bad at all. That's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, uh, listen, Eckler is just another guy out of the back, can catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, can run with the ball really well. I mean, you guys, you got, like I said, the rich keep getting richer with you guys. Um, you had a brief meeting with with your uh, first round pick. I saw you there hugging him and stuff uh, and, and, and yelling. I mean, it's probably hard to hear anything he had to say. Uh, uh, well, that's, and that was a little bit, of, I mean, actually, when I, when I actually watched the video and was able to hear it, um, you know, I, I had to make sure he got his first Eagles chant in. So right. he had to lead us all in the Eagles chant and, and he goes, what? And then I'm like, just, you'll get it. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, so uh, look like a really big guy there, Pags. Oh my Lord. I, I mean, just first off, it was, it was. I, I tell you, if anybody had a great draft, it was me because, you know, here comes Jason Kelsey out of nowhere, pushes everybody out of the way because every like the, the seas closed and he pushed everybody out of the way to come give me a hug. Wow. And then and then like literally it's, you know, we have Carter out there and he comes out and, and talk about how excited he was. You know what I mean? He's literally well, as he's yeah. coming onto the stage, he's got tears of joy. You know, his mom's there with him and stuff like that. It was just such an amazing time. Uh, and then to do that Eagles chant with them and stuff. And he was still overjoyed. Like he's yeah. just like, This is what I came home to. This is where the this is the family. It was just it was an amazing time uh to be able to do that. And it's a shame, it's a shame that uh uh Nolan wasn't there. Too, because he would have gotten the same welcome. I uh, like I yeah. said when we saw that we're like, wow, we just got the whole Georgia Bulldogs middle. That's the middle of the field is all Georgia Bulldogs now, you yeah. know. And yep, they know how to win championships. Well, yeah. Pat, yeah. it sounded like there was a big, big celebration of the Eagle fans. Good for all of you. You saw other fan bases there. You, did you get to witness them interact, the other fan bases? For example, the Giant fan base, were they as happy as the Eagle fan base? Uh, unfortunately, they were not. You know, and uh -huh. I, I'd love to say that there was, um, you know, they, they, again, they got the pick and they were like, who? You know, it was <laughs> like they, they weren't sure who it was. Uh, and then, of course, they... They're like you. You get that that hesitant pause for a second, and then you cheer because you, that's what you need to do. You got the camera on you. You can't be like, "Huh? Who did they pick?" You know what I mean? <laughs> they were looking to get a uh, wide receiver, but the, all the wide receiver left before they got yeah, to, to the Giants. That, pick. That's what happened. And, and the Giants did pick up a good cornerback yeah. that they needed, uh, you know, to 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 cover some of them wide receivers in the NFC East. So. It wasn't a bad pick for the Giants. I just think no, they no, no, Mac had it. I think Byron said it best. Had Jordan Addison just slipped one more spot, and had the Giants picked them, their fans would have gone crazy. Yeah, I think no that doubt. they got the elite wide receiver, but it didn't happen, and I think they were deflated by that point. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah Mel's was back and stole stole their thunder for sure. That is, that is <laughs> I mean, sneaky, sneaky was not as super excited. You know, yeah. there was Sneaky, there was Joe, the license plate guy that was there, and, yeah. and watching them because they are sitting right in front of us. They were they were a little hesitant and they just they were nowhere near as excited. I there was there was excitement out of Houston, obviously. They oh, yeah. uh they had uh they were super excited about what's going on. And like I said, we don't get to hear they don't say what they gave up for the picks. So you're you know, we don't learn that. It's just oh, this pick was traded. But how about how about I mean, what was it by the 25th pick in the draft? There was only six teams that stayed in their position. Everybody else had moved. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big deal there. And, you know, when you think about well, number one took number one, but really they didn't, you know, because they moved up to do it. Yeah. You know, number two, I mean, Houston took their number two, but then moved up to be number three. You know, so, I mean, there wasn't many teams that stayed pat. Everybody moved. The Jazz should have moved up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. They, they should their, have. They were not their wide receiver then. Um, yeah, Pags. What, what did you think about the Dallas pick? I mean, I uh, Dallas didn't even look happy about that pick either. I mean, it looked like the Cowboys. Uh, I think because they lost who they thought was going to come down to them too. They reached out and got a. I think it was a defensive end I've never heard of. Uh, but I mean, it looks like a far reach again for Dallas. I, you know what? Uh, I, I heard from all the Dallas people that they're going to win the Super Bowl. So, but you know what? Seems like to me they would have got Nolan Smith instead of that guy. Yeah, I, I don't. That's, that's just going to show you Dallas. Dallas have a big question mark on their heart. They really don't know. Yes. Yeah, and that's and that's part of. The, I mean, they may have had a great player that they got. They I don't know. I haven't had a chance to talk to True Blue about it to find out what his thoughts were about this. And he likely probably didn't do well any of his homework on this guy. He probably had no idea that this was going to be the pick. Uh, I, I tell you, I because I even said the same thing. Washington didn't know who they chose. You know what I mean? And so it was interesting to see how everybody. Uh, the only person I knew once we traded up with Chicago in the number nine spot, yeah. I knew Jalen Carter was the guy. There was yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. Carter. You know, I thought maybe with number 30, when I found out because they were showing the war room and they showed a phone call and I'm like, that's a trade call. You could tell by the way how his movements were. He's like, he was taking a trade call to see if they were going to do it. And there was four minutes left to go in the pick. And I turned to the guy next to me, who is a Hall of Fame fan as well. And um, I was like, that's a trade pick. Or that's that's a trade call that's coming. So we didn't think we were going to get that pick. We thought that they were going to trade it away. Once we realized that they were going to take the pick, I was I was thinking it was going to be Joey Porter Jr. Right. I thought that he I thought that we were gonna go cornerback there. It's a surprise for them to go middle linebacker. You know, inside linebacker. I big surprise for them. Yeah. So, but I think that was part of the plan. Like, hey, listen, these guys are the those four guys won one championship together, and two of those guys won two. So I mean those guys can play. They can play. Yeah. You know, the Eagles aren't done. They have a pick late in the second round, 62nd overall. 
And then early in the third round, you know, through a trade at 66. So they could get a couple of good players. I mean, the elite players left in the draft, if you like the Joey Porter, you know. He's not making it. He's not making it. They're not going to be there at that point. Joey Porter's not making it past that first pick. Unless Howie is going to go to Pittsburgh. Number 62 and number 66. And maybe, a, you know, a third round the next year. I might, if they have one, I have no clue. I'm just throwing it out. You know, is he bold enough to actually move up very early in the second round and grab one of those guys if he's really uh, high on them? I don't know how high he is on them. That's That's part of the issue here. Obviously, they are, I mean, we're set at cornerback right now for a few years. So maybe they're looking at, starting to replenish the cornerback position next year, you know, at least in the draft. Uh, so let, let one year happen. I, we got, you got, yeah, we just signed slay again. We got uh, Bradbury still. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't foresee that really being an issue. Uh, I don't see any safety. I, I now believe, I believe if I'm Howie, you know, and I know how I do things that it's offensive linemen. Now, now we start going, replenishing the offensive line, maybe, you know, and I knew that there, that there was really only one good tight end in this draft, maybe look at the tight end position. But other than that, I, I, after that, once you start getting, you know, four through seven, then you look speed in the wide receivers. Pags, uh, let's talk a little NBA with you. We haven't talked about that with you yet. You got the 76ers going on against Boston. Uh, Jack mentioned something that 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 I didn't think of. You know, why the 76ers play in Boston and the Knicks are playing Miami. And, and, and so and, ridiculous. Know, it's so ridiculous. Every other every other sport in the world recedes. But no, we're going to have that we're going to have the conference championship in the second round. Right. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to have a lesser conference championship because the NBA is smarter than every everywhere else. Get the hell out of here. This is why this is why they they need to fire this commissioner again. Like they, these commissioners suck in the NBA. They don't know and that's why the inmates run the asylum. It yeah. angers me. This angers me. This should be the conference championship. And yes. it's not. Let me tell you something, Pax, what could conceivably happen. The Sixers could play a great series and beat the Celtics, but they are going to be so drained that I could then see them losing to the Heat of the Knicks after doing all the dirty work and knocking off the Celtics. The, the Heat, Celtics yes. The, the Knicks, no. Yeah, but There's no chance the they Celtics. beat the Knicks. All right, no chance the Knicks beat them. No chance. Oh, that's, uh, the heat, no, no, I the mean heat, they would yes. be drained if the Sixers had to beat the Celtics. And I'm telling you, and I, I hear you, I understand, but I'm telling you the Heat could beat the Sixers after through the after beating the Celtics, the Heat could beat the Sixers. Listen, the, the Knicks, Knicks can't. The Knicks are gonna beat Miami. There's no doubt. No, they're mind. not. No, no they're not. No doubt in my mind, Pags. There's no doubt. Their defense is better, they got a deeper bench. I would say, I would say, I'd bet a shave of the mohawk. I bet you, I bet you, you, I'll shave a mohawk in your head. So, (laughs) Miami, 
Miami's going to lose to the Knicks. The Knicks are. I'm deeper. going with you, Matt. I'm going with you. Yeah, the, the Knicks are deeper. And who are you going to stop? Jimmy Butler? That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So stop right. Jimmy Butler. Hey, and what? He only scored. scored. He only scored about a thousand points in that last series. Cleveland. Too, so. Cleveland had. Well, let him score. Who cares? Who, who else Miami got? And Cleveland had the same problem with Devontae Smith, uh, Fox. They had one scorer. The Knicks let him score. And they shut down the rest of the team. Right. I, I, I believe that, Pags. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Knicks fan. I think right. the seeding is terrible. I think I I, Jack said they should recede every yeah. every uh, series. It's ridiculous that you have to do this. This is so unfair that the Heat and the Knicks have the easier matchup. Huh? The fact that the Knicks, water. the fact that the Knicks have home court advantage now it's is so ridiculous. It's I so ridiculous. It. I love it, but it's crazy. I That's crazy. It. That's crazy. I got to go. I'll see you guys next time. Byron, you Byron. Have Byron. Yeah, thanks, thanks for stopping in. All right. Okay, buddy. So there you go, folks. Byron Williams. Uh, Always, always great to have him on and, and, and to fill in a uh, key thing here. Um, so let's 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 keep talking about uh, uh, playoffs. What are you guys feeling about the Warriors, the Lakers, Phoenix? How about the West? What are you guys looking at, uh, Jack? What are you looking at over there? Well, you know, Golden State certainly turned things around up three two after being down two nothing to Sacramento. I can't see Golden State losing the series. I mean, Sacramento's had a great year, but to win, you know, to win at Golden State and then win a seventh game at home, you know, it's possible, but I think they've got a handle. I think they have a little bit the better team, Golden State, too, and the way they've come back, they've asserted themselves. And, you know, the Lakers better close it out with Memphis. If it gets to a seventh game, I would favor Memphis there. You know, younger, you know, a little more of an energy level, it would seem, if it got to that point. But uh, I'm looking at this point now for Phoenix to be the team to come out of the West. I mean, they're going to be hard to beat in a seven-game series. You've got to beat them four games. So, you know, if I had to feel, you know, between Phoenix and uh, – I know Denver, maybe their time has finally came. You know, they've always been excellent in the regular season, and then they've been flat during the playoffs. And Golden State, you can never discount them. But somehow you think Golden State's going to hit a wall late on in the playoffs. Somehow, you know, I get that feeling. But the NBA is fun. Anyone just about could beat anyone, especially with the teams left. Yeah, but but wouldn't Golden State, wouldn't Golden State, who would they have to wind up playing? They're going to wind up playing Phoenix? Well, with the seeding, it depends what's going on with Golden State and Sacramento yet. That's got to get settled. Right. So, I mean, because the Lakers, the the Lakers, Lakers, I mean, I mean, this is the NBA. So the Lakers get a home court advantage, don't they? I think the Lakers, <laughs> yeah, they're not receding. I don't. Uh, no, the no, Lakers are succeeding, so or something like that. But I, I mean, I think that if, if the Lakers and Golden State win, it's actually Golden State winds up playing Phoenix, and then who is the number one seed? A uh, Den. Oh, it should be Denver. Denver. So yeah. Denver would wind up playing the Lakers. I think that the Lakers win that series. I think that that you're again the Phoenix, the Phoenix Golden State matchup is the Western Conference Championship. 
You know what I mean? I feel like this is so ridiculous on how the NBA is doing things. And yeah. and they are killing themselves. They are killing themselves. I would not be surprised to see next season that they make that change. I yeah. think you want the NBA wants a marketable series. It's a marketable finals, marketable matchups. I mean, some matchups. So they're losing it, though. They are losing it, though. They're losing those things when they do things the way they are. I mean, but some matchups aren't marketable. Like, let's say you had the Denver Nuggets play the Sixers, even. Is that a nationwide? Is that really that much of a marketable matchup? Maybe there's Jokic and Embiid. You draw that comparison. Or the Celtics and Denver. Something about Denver. They're not marketable. Phoenix will be marketable with Kevin Durant. Golden State is marketable. The Lakers, obviously, with LeBron. Memphis might not be that marketable nationwide. You kind of want to maybe kind of hit and miss. And Miami, even with Jimmy Butler, they're not really that marketable. The Knicks might be only because of the name, the brand, not the players. You know, you hear the Knicks Knicks are making it to the finals. No that. chance the Knicks are making it to the yeah, finals. They're lucky they got past Cleveland. Very, very good chance. I say the Knicks in six. That's what I say. I mean, uh, the players have a lot on the line. Hypothetically, if the Sixers win the NBA championship, it would be because of Joe Lambeed. Joe Lambeed would all of a sudden take Giannis's place and the others, and we'd look who's the best player in basketball. The focus would be on Joe Lambeed. It's the best play in the game. All of a sudden, but they need, but he needs the NBA championship for people to consider him the best. Bags, you know, you know what this playoff system has done for the Knicks? It gives them an actual chance to go to the championship. It gives them a chance to go to the NBA. You know what it's done for the Knicks? It's given people like you hope that this team is better than it is. That's all they've done. Yeah. Once again, Pags, you're not looking ahead. The Sixers, if they do beat the Celtics, and realistically they can. I'm not discounting the Sixers' chances. It's a winnable series for the Sixers. It would be an emotional seven-game series. I think at least six. They'd spill their guts on the court. They will be an exhausted team at the end. And I'm talking about mentally. Mentally. They, it's going to be so hard for the Sixers to regroup because that's the top team they're considered in the East. And the now Knicks they're playing this Nick team young, that has all this enthusiasm. They're young. fresh. They're back. You know, they the Knicks. Oh, because because the, because they're not going to have a tough series against the Heat. They're not going to play it all out no. in the game. Come on, what are we talking about? What are we talking <laughs> about? There's there is no down. chance. That, <laughs> I don't think the chance. I don't think the Knicks can pass the Heat, but there is absolutely no chance, and it don't matter whether it's Boston or the Sixers that the Knicks would beat either one of those teams. They, they either one was, of those teams, not happening. You guys, hopes and dreams. Hopes Pags, and dreams is a beautiful thing it, for you guys. Pags, they did it in the regular season. I think they beat both the 76ers and the Celtics at least twice. They did it in the regular season. So I mean, listen. I listen. I I I. I'm happy the way the seating is. I know it's unfair, um, and and you know I feel I feel bad uh, for the Sixers and the Celtics right now. I really do. I really do, honestly. So I mean, I I don't get the yeah with the seating. It just doesn't. Uh, 
It all doesn't make sense. It's the I NBA, know, so like I said, they're ridiculous. So unimportant. Just make the playoffs. And if you're that good a team, I'm going to be honest about it. If you're that good a team, 10 teams get in the postseason tournament. The first six of playoffs, but playing is 7 to 10. But even the playing tournament, as long as you're 7th or 8th, you got to win just one out of two games to advance. And then the and then you're not at any disadvantage because they don't recede. Yes. So what's the big deal? You could coast during the season, finish seventh or eighth, and then win one of the two games in the play-in tournament, and you advance. All and right. that's what you know happened. Pags, Pags, I know you haven't been following the NHL. You've been in the draft and everything, but giving you a little insight in some of these uh, in some of these games, the the, the Devils actually have a chance of beating the Rangers. They won four to nothing last night. Um, three, two. And that's right. Three to two. Does, 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 do the devils do it? Did they knock out the Rangers? I, uh, I mean, again, it's going to matter on the goalie. And if the goalie is hot like that, I mean, they, they won four, nothing. Let's see what else they did. Uh, how is it? How have they been playing three to one? So, I mean, obviously he's let up one goal in the last two games against them. Three goals in the last three games. So that means it's a hot goalie, and a hot goalie can change everything. So uh, I think that that's a really big deal. How about Toronto? I was just going to say How about Toronto? Uh, I mean, obviously, they were up three to one. I saw somebody with a Toronto hat on, and I was like, I'm like, wow. I said, have they been kicked out of the playoffs yet? And she's like, don't make me cry here, because obviously (laughs) she knows what, what they're willing to do. I, I don't count the lightning out of this series yet, obviously being 3-2, uh, but it's it definitely puts them in a little bit of a, you know. Well, the lightning won at Toronto. I mean, Toronto is ready to celebrate finally getting out of the first round, and the lightning beats them, and they've got to be a little nervous. You know, they didn't quite close the deal. If they don't close it at Tampa in the next game, and it's a seventh game, I be- I think and and I'd be willing to bet that goes to overtime in Game Seven. Yeah, that is that is some of the beauty of playoff hockey. That to watch those two teams go at it in overtime for Game Seven for Toronto not to move on because I think Toronto still still doesn't move on. Uh, the Islanders Islanders holding up a little bit of. That's what you're going to say. The Hurricanes, the Hurricanes. I mean, their their top scorer is out, so obviously he's not going to be able to come back. He's he he was out for the rest of the season, uh, and I guess it's really starting to hurt them. Um, you know, and the Islanders also have a really good goaltender, and they could go as far as that will take them. Um, you know, I thought the Bruins would be done with the Panthers by now, but I think that that series ends ends today. I think yeah. that series is done. Uh, the Minnesota Wild and the North Stars or the Dallas Stars, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody even cares about that. Dallas, I think, wins that series. Uh, how about Seattle? You know, Seattle in their second season, uh, you know, taking a you know taking a three-two lead against the Avalanche. I don't think the Avalanche is out of this yet. I think that with their backs up against the wall, they push a game seven. Uh, but game seven in hockey, anything can happen. So. Yes. So, so, Pax, you're going to be going to the draft again today, if I'm correct, right? You're going to hang out with the 
And uh, what do you expect to see over there today? I mean, you have the Eagles in the second round uh, doing their thing, Washington, Dallas, uh, and the Giants. Uh, what do you expect uh, from all, all the NFC East teams over there today? That the Eagles get better and the other three just wish they were the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Well, the Eagles still can get a couple of players that are really going to help uh, yeah. this year in the draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. from what, 62 and 66? I mean, there'll be some guys. <clears throat> there'll be guys there. I mean, it's uh, you never know what move. Uh, I wonder whether they're going to trade those picks perhaps and maybe think a little about next year. I mean, maybe they feel they basically set this year and Howie Roseman likes to think a year so ahead sometimes and, you know, make the deals. And before you know, he packages those deals. I mean, if he wouldn't could surprise imagine. me, would not surprise me. Uh, I, I feel like that, especially with two picks so close to each other. I mean, there's nobody that deals more than Howie does. That's, that's one of his staples. So my expectation is is that they pick with one of them, they trade the other one, uh, and I think that it's that you know they start to get more capital, you know, moving forward. Obviously, I think yeah. that it's you know I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade down and then trade down and then trade down. Like, hey, we're going to move back from the sixty-six pick to the seventy-fourth pick, and then go from the seventy-fourth pick to the eighty-second pick, and then the eighty-second pick to the 92nd pick uh, and, and just start picking up a couple of picks here and there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you get fourth rounders, you know, to just move down. Well, and, 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 but also yeah. also being able to get, like, the 62nd pick and the 66th pick, you could move back a good amount and grab a second rounder for next year. They can make, uh, uh, if there's one player that they like a lot right now that all of a sudden slips to about, 40th, for example, you know, the low 40s, who they really like a lot, they might be able to work a deal if they give those two picks, 62nd and 66, to get, you know, to move up. A team might be willing to do that. Maybe. I guess it depends on who that team is. Um, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's any glaring need other than safety. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I think about. Like, are they about to make a trade for the safety from Arizona? Before we before we get out of here, Pags, what's your what's your opinion on Levitz? Jack thinks that maybe he goes to the Rams uh, right away uh, because of uh, you know Stafford is hurt and it's maybe uh, maybe his last year with the Rams. Uh, can you see him dropping to the Rams or the Rams picking him up? That's Keith Angle really pointed that out yesterday. Give Keith that credit. he was the one quarterback that didn't get that didn't get chosen. Yeah. Um, I think he probably drops even further. He doesn't wow. go in the second round. I think he wow. goes further. Um, yeah, I think that everybody right now. So you had that run on the quarterbacks, and then it, then you didn't see another quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean, it yeah. was like that's and, and which which is common. I think I would not be surprised uh, that he falls to the third round, maybe even like to Malik Willis the last year. Yeah. People yeah. had him going high in the beginning, and then he fell to the third round. You never know. I know a lot of people are comparing him to Carson Wentz that he's going to get hurt a lot because he can't 
you know, move as even as good as Carson Wentz. Wait, 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 wait. Does Carson Wentz have a team now? No. It, there hasn't been even any talk about picking him up anyone. Is no. he going to be? Yeah, the last I heard was St. Louis Battlehawks. No, I'm kidding. I just, I have no, 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 no. Listen, he might have to go to the XFL or USFL to reestablish himself. Don't, you know, jo you joke about it, but that might be reality. Is a team going to pick him up? Is he going to be in the NFL next year? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, that's somebody that's he's got to he's going to have to he's going to have to. It wouldn't surprise you know as I think about this, being the backup to Baker. You know, Tampa they Bay, Tampa Bay, get, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. You know, as as I think about that, Tampa Bay could be the team that picks up um, Levens. Mm -hmm. You know, well, uh, I, heard I wouldn't that too. I heard that too. Either Rams or, or Tampa Bay, one or the other is. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me to see them do it. Uh, I mean, also wouldn't surprise me to see Miami do it. Well, Levitz, Levitz is Mike White, the jet back. Yeah, that's Who cares about Mike White? Who cares about him? I, I know, you got Tua, then you got Drek. So <laughs> let's be for real. Carson Wentz, I agree with you. If he's willing to be the third string, well, not Carson Wentz. I'm not talking about Carson Wentz. I'm talking about Levitz. Oh, Levitz. I'm talking about the Drek. Yeah, Levitz. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, not Carson Wentz. That Not, could be a yeah. spot for my, you know, Miami taking him. Uh, well, again, I, I don't think, I don't think that. No, my expectation is is that you could see Carson Wentz go to Tampa. You might even see him go to L.A. For, with the Rams. You know, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. I mean, we, we last night Keith kept saying, "Well, he's going to go here," and I and he didn't go there. And Jack picked it up afterwards, and he's you know he was carrying the torch, but he just kept falling. So, folks, we're out of here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the, the views and the comments. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Debate Show, uh, where uh, me, Patrick, going to be in tomorrow? I'll try my best. All right. I, I expect tonight to be a very late night. I We have the uh, we have a, a party where there's going to be a lot of you know, things on, going on, and we're yeah. open until 3 o'clock in the morning. So wow, I'll well, try, but all right, I may so be bleary-eyed. I, I don't think Doc will be there, so at least be me and Jack there. So we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Debate Show. Don't forget Sunday, this week in sports, where we'll be going over uh, the biggest news in sports, the hottest news stories. Of course, we'll be talking about the draft till we're blue in the face, Jack. So uh, be ready for that. Have a great Friday, folks, if you're going out tonight, be careful, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Debate Show. Have a good one.